Hey, this is Pastor John Ryan Cantu from Numa Church in Houston, Texas. Thank you for listening to the message today. I hope that it blesses you and all those that you share it with. God bless you. Just today, and I wanted to share it because uh, it kind of goes with my message here this morning. And, um, you know, I... uh, I haven't I haven't preached in a in a few weeks, um, and I'm excited to be doing that here today because uh, I miss it. I enjoy preaching, um, and uh, I want to say thank you once again just uh, for everyone who reached out, everyone who you know prayed for our our family during uh, you know during the loss of our my cousin Bobby. That was a it was a tough week uh, for us. And uh, I, I want to say thank you for, for our church and everyone who reached out. You know, we have to keep moving. Um, people are right now in the middle of their midnight hour and they're facing all kinds of things and adversity and sickness and mental health and financial stress and all that stuff. And uh, there's just so much that keeps us bogged down, but we have to keep moving. Amen. And so that's what we're going to be doing. And uh, if you have your Bibles, I'm going to ask you to turn with me to the book of 1 Kings, chapter 3. And if you're watching online, um, I, I, uh, I want to encourage you this morning. You know, I was, I was talking to several people uh, this, not this week, but the past few weeks, different pastors and uh, leaders, Christian leaders, and we were talking about kind of the future of the church and how everything has seemed to be changing. And we're kind of wondering what this is going to do long term for the church, if people are going to keep on staying home because they can, um, or are, are people going to rush back, you know, to the church when that time comes right now, we are giving you the option. Um, if you feel safer at home, you can, you can watch from home. Uh, if, if, if you want to come in the building, um, and experience, you know, the worship service here, you can also do that as well. If you are going to stay home, I, I do want to encourage you to, to make it an event, because when this first started, I saw a whole bunch of people posting and, you know, pictures and videos of how their family was gathered around the TV and they were, they were making it a church event. And I don't want you to get too lazy with that. I don't want you to be doing church while you're making huevitos in the morning, okay? Give God your undivided attention because I fear that if our children keep watching this and, and they're getting used to the way that church is done just with the phone. They're not going to learn how to give God their full attention. So if, if you're going to continue watching from home, make it an event, make it a church event, 11 o'clock, nine o'clock, whatever service you watch, sit down with your family and engage in the word of God. That is what we, that is the way that we worship. Let's give God not a lousy worship, but a worship that he deserves. Amen. Amen. First Kings chapter three, verses one through nine. It says this, it says Solomon loved the Lord walking in the statutes of David, his father, only he sacrificed and made offerings at the high places. And the king went to Gibeon to sacrifice there for that was the great high place. Solomon used to offer a thousand burnt offerings on that altar. Now, Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Sol- Solomon in the night by dream. And God said, ask what I shall give you. Man, 
Some of us just wish that God would ask us that, right? (laughs) Ask for what I shall give you. And Solomon said, you have shown great and steadfast love to your servant, David, my father, because he walked before you in faithfulness and in righteousness and in uprightness of heart towards you. And you have kept for him this great and steadfast love and have given him a son to sit on his throne this day. And now, Lord, my God, you have made your servant king in place of David, my father, although I am but a little child and I do not know how to go out or come in. And your servant is in the midst of your people whom you have chosen a great people, too many to be numbered or counted for multitude. Give your servant, therefore, an understanding mind to govern your people that I may discern between good and evil for, for who is able to govern this, your great people. Amen. Amen. Praise God. As we continue to be in a very, very trying season, that's that's what we find ourselves in still to this day. It seems like every single day, you know, we're getting a text message. We're getting a phone call of of someone who's going through something. And and man, we're only we're only halfway through the year. Um, We're kind of all treading cautiously as we enter July, praying to God that nothing crazy happens. Um, and we, we've all, we've all suffered in some ways. In many ways we've suffered the same way. We, we, we've kind of been going through the same thing, but we've also suffered differently. The point is that we've, we faced hardship this year. Uh, the nation has suffered. The world has suffered. The, the church, the body of Christ has suffered. My brothers and sisters in Christ my very own church members that I pastor, individuals, family members, they have suffered. Seems like everyone has suffered. But I do want to offer a little bit of hope. There's, there's this verse in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 uh, where Paul, he's speaking of believers and he says, we do not grieve as those who grieve who have no hope. We grieve differently. Now why does he say that? He doesn't say that because it's not that we don't grieve. It's not that we don't feel the pain of grief. It's not that we, we, we don't suffer the same way because we're better or we're emotionally stronger or more stable. We just know that there is hope on the other side of the suffering. And I, I think we can just as easily apply this to the principle, to, to, to suffering, not just grieving, but to suffering because as believers, we should suffer not as those who have no hope. Because as I preached several weeks ago, No hope doesn't really exist when you're a member of the body of Christ. We know that there is hope. And every battle and every warfare and everything that we are facing, there is hope. Now, it doesn't mean that we're not going to suffer. It doesn't mean that we're not going to feel pain. It doesn't mean that we're stronger. It just means that we know that joy comes in the morning. And we have to remind ourselves of this, church. Remind yourself of this. Because when we suffer... We're not in the right state of mind. When, we're, when, when we face a loss, we are not in the right state of mind. We do things that maybe we wouldn't normally do when we're emotional, when we're angry, when we're upset, when we're under pressure. We are not under the, the, the right state of mind. And so what happens is we make poor decisions. 
And we do things and we say things that Christians should not do, uh, nor should they say. And this doesn't denounce our love for, for, the, the, for, for God, but it does sometimes make us look foolish, even as Christians. And so I've entitled my message this morning, Where There's Wisdom. And we'll kind of get into that as we get into the message. But I want to give you some, some context here. This, this passage, we have a man, we have Solomon, who... Number one, he has just faced a major loss. He, 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 he lost his father, David. Not only that, but he's also in, under an extreme amount of pressure as he takes over the throne that his father left. And, and Solomon, he's a man who has so much conviction to do the right thing. He wants to do the right thing. He desires as a leader to do the right thing. Man, I hope every leader has that same conviction. I hope that, I pray that our president wants to do the right thing. I pray that my, my governor, my, my, my city uh, officials want to do the right thing. Our pastors, I pray that we want to do the right thing. I want you to know as, as a church, I as a pastor desire to do the right thing. I'm not sitting in my office thinking, man, how can I do things just to benefit myself? No, I want to do the right thing. But what is right isn't always clear. And sometimes it seems like there is no right answer. I was talking to, uh, to someone here earlier this morning about, you know, the school districts and, and how they're going to handle going back to school. And, and sometimes, sometimes it just feels like there's, there's no correct course of action. Sometimes the right choice is only the least worst choice. Sometimes there's, there, there's multiple different options that we can, we can take and we just kind of have to just toss it up in the air and see what happens. Um, and so it's a, it's a confusing thing. This is why I've, I've always had respect for people in leadership because I know that leaders don't have it easy. They don't. And I've never respected leaders as much as I do now, just after going through what we've been going through. And so because of this, I am praying for my leaders. I hope that you are as well. I hope that you're doing more praying than criticizing. I pray, I hope that you are following that biblical mandate of praying for those in leadership. I'm praying for those that I like and those that I don't like. That's how you got to do it. For those who, who I support, those who I don't support because I know that they need it. There is never a time, I'm just speaking of leaders right now, there is, there is never a time where a leader will get it 100% right in the eyes of, of people. Never. They might be loved and admired by, by one group, but they are fiercely hated and opposed by another one. Every single decision that is made will receive a little bit of praise, but the criticism seems to ring louder and cuts deeper. No doubt, in my mind, Solomon knew what was in front of him. No doubt, he knew all of this. Everything that he was about to confront as, as a leader, as a king, he had some awareness of. He, he seen it firsthand with his father, David. I saw it growing up with, with my dad. That's why I was like, nope, <laughs> pastoring is not for me. Off the table. Because I knew what went into it. I knew that there, there were rumors about my family at times. I knew that there were people who opposed every single decision. I knew that there were people in, in certain parts of the church in one, one room just kind of conspiring. And, and I, so I saw all that. I was like, I, I don't want that. No doubt. 
Solomon saw some ugly growing up. And now he's in the position. Maybe he didn't plan on it. Maybe he didn't want it. Maybe he did. I don't don't know. But he is now in the position where he's sitting on the throne of Israel. And he's leading God's people. And he's nervous. He's anxious. He just, he wants to do the right thing. But wanting to do the right thing is not always enough. And I preached this message several, a couple years back maybe. The intent might be good. That doesn't mean that you always do good. Good intentions doesn't equal good. There's, you know, there's this thought that people say, you know, it's a thought that counts, right? I bought you a shirt, size too small. It's okay. It's a thought that counts, right? That, that's, that's not always true. Because, you know, more often than not, the action is greater than the thought. God doesn't honor the thought. He honors the action. He told Abel, if you just do well, will you not be accepted? He didn't say, if you just think about doing good, you'll be accepted. He said, if you just do well, you will be accepted. So Solomon knows that it's not enough for him just to want to do good. He, he needs to be able to perform out what is good. And the passage also says that Solomon loved God. He loved him. But even with that, even with the love and the good intentions, those weren't enough to make him lead well. I'm sure you know where I'm going here. We as a people, we as a church, as individual Christians, we can, we can love God and we can have the desire to do what is right in his eyes. I, I believe that that is, that is what most Christians desire. They have those two basic things, love and the desire to please God. But, but if what you do and if what you say and if what you post and if how you react and how you respond and if the decisions that you make fall outside of the realm of wisdom, then they fall onto the territory of foolishness. And, and the, the foolishness, church, listen, the foolishness of a Christian has the power to deter someone from the way to Christ away from Christ. That is the power of foolishness. Hope you see what I'm saying here. So it's, it's so important that we walk in not just love, but, but wisdom as well. We have to pray for wisdom, church. Right now more than ever, we need wisdom. And all we do and all we say, the word of God needs to be the absolute authority that governs our life. And sometimes I'm concerned that it isn't. I hope you're saying amen on the other side of the cameras. Maybe you're thinking to yourself, Pastor, I'm not a leader. I'm not a leader. This doesn't apply to me. I can get away with doing some dumb things. I don't have the responsibility of leading a church or leading a ministry. My actions don't affect that many people. I want you to give yourself more credit than that because they actually do. You hold a lot more weight than you you think. The way that you talk to people when you're frustrated, the way that you handle yourself when you're suffering, the way that your family members, your friends, your coworkers see you, you don't have to be an influencer to, to have influence on people. If you are a Christian... You are called, we are called to lead people to Christ. We are called to lead people on the way to Christ and show people the road to Christ. It's a narrow one. It's tricky to get there, but we have to show them how to get there. You can't 
lead people to Christ if you're acting a fool. You're going to lead them away from Christ. I was having a, uh, <clears throat> I was having a conversation this past week with my parents. It was a political conversation. Uh-oh, hold on. <clears throat> I never really liked politics for obvious reasons. But over the past couple years, you know, I've, I've really felt kind of the conviction to understand the issues. I am an adult. <laughs> you should do that. And um, I'm a pastor, so I, I should probably be familiar with it. So I, I really started to, to engage and, 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 and read a lot and listen to, you know, different podcasts and political podcasts and getting familiar with, with just the different issues. And, uh, and so what I like to do is I like to, you know, listen to opinions that I agree with and those that I don't agree with, because I think that gives you a pretty healthy scope of the, of the argument, right? It's so easy to listen to someone who you agree with, and then you just share that and you're like, see everybody, That's what I've been saying. <laughs> I get that all the time. <clears throat> I'm like, but did you watch this video? They're like, nope. So, so I like to do that. I, I like to, to hear both sides of every argument. So you know, I'll listen to, you know, I'll listen to what the left has to say. I'll listen to what the right has to say. I'll listen to what people on the middle have to say, because I don't ever want to speak without at least attempting to understand the person on the other side, because that's foolish. James says that every man must be what? Slow to speak, but quick to listen. And I think we have a nation that does not understand each other because it doesn't listen to each other. It just speaks over each other all the time. That's all it does, which is very frustrating. And there is a right way, church, listen, there is a right way for Christians to be engaged in politics, as we should be. We're we're the church. We represent Christ. We should let our voice be heard in our nation. But there's a way to go about it that I think is foreign to most people in the church, if I'm being honest. I know this sounds very angry. I know. I apologize. But, but, But listen. There's a right way to do politics. The right way for a Christian to do politics is by, number one, knowing your word. Because if you are going to voice your opinion as a Christian and and you're going to cite scripture and interpret it to fit your bias, you have to have a pretty solid biblical foundation behind it. You have to know your word. Not just read your word. I don't care if you read your word for 20 minutes a day. If you don't understand the content, if you're not really engaging it, if you're not, if you're not saying, God, speak to me, if you're just reading letters and words on a page, that is not going to have the same effect. The word of God is compared to a, a, a two-edged sword, right? With, with the power to penetrate the deepest parts of the human soul. What if you gave a double-edged sword to a child and say, okay, go, go into battle. What's going to happen? Nothing. He might hurt himself. But that very, very powerful weapon that is in his hand is going to be rendered useless and powerless because he doesn't know how to use it. That is the same with the word of God. If you don't understand it, if you don't know it, then you are not rightfully representing the word of God. So we we must know the scriptures because when you know and understand the scriptures, that becomes your framework for everything. 
And, and you'll do your politics in light of your biblical convictions, not just your p- political convictions. Problem is, and this is the wrong way to do politics, not enough people know their word. We, I, don't, I don't know. I feel like we don't have enough people in the body of Christ that really have a fundamental understanding of the word of God. And, and when you don't know God's word, what happens is you don't really have a powerful framework by which you live. So you're forced to adopt other frameworks, a political one, cultural ones, social ones, generational ones, and those things become the lens by which you do your politics. But the problem is there is no wisdom in those things. Because Proverbs says that wisdom comes from the Lord alone. It does not come from man. It does not come from the way that your parents used to think or what they taught you or, or, or your political convictions or what society says or what social media says. The word of God alone contains all wisdom. And so if the word of God is not our framework by which we live and conduct our lives, then we have no wisdom in the things that we do. We live in a world that wants to do the right thing. Have you, have you noticed that? Everyone believes that they, they know what is right and they fight every day and they advocate for the things that they believe is right. But the thing is, we don't have eyes to see what is right. Even Jesus said, why do you call me good? Only my father in heaven is good because he is the standard of good. We have no other standard of good outside of what God has called good. And so if he and his word do not fit our framework, we, we're, just, we're just throwing out different ideas there and seeing what works for a little bit of time until we get tired of that. <clears throat> Solomon understood this. And so he asked the Lord to grant him wisdom. I wonder if we have devalued wisdom in our faith. If we don't pay enough attention to wisdom. What, when was the last time you prayed for wisdom? When was the last time you prayed for someone else who was suffering and you said, God, give them wisdom? The Bible says, I don't have this verse up there, but it's verse 10. Solomon could have asked for literally anything else. Verse 10 said, It pleased the Lord that Solomon asked this. And God said to him, because you have asked this and have not asked for yourself long life or riches or the life of your enemies, but have asked for yourself understanding to discern what is right, I now do according to your word. I give you a wise and discerning mind so that none like you has been before you and none like you shall arise after you. Imagine being put in in his position, man. Imagine. Imagine... Just God says, hey, here, here's a nation. You're going to lead it. You don't know how to do it. You've never done it before. But the position is yours. Now ask me of something and I'll give it to you. What would you ask for? I thought about this. I want to say wisdom. <laughs> but, you know, maybe on my off days, I would ask for favor. God, give me favor with the people. Because if the people favor me, then they'll follow me. Ain't that the truth? easy to follow someone that you favor. But just because people favor you doesn't mean that that God favors it. I might say, God, give me power. 
Give me the ability to make decisions confidently and not go back on my decisions. Let me, let me, let me look like, like a confident and a strong leader in the eyes of the people. I might say, God, give me eloquence so that when I speak, people will stop and they will want to listen and they will be encouraged by the words that are coming out of my mouth. Solomon says, God, give me wisdom. That's all I need right now. Just give me wisdom. I said earlier, we continue to be in a trying season. And whenever we, whenever we suffer, what do we do? We pray. Amen. We know how to pray. We are a praying church. Numa Church is a praying church, man. We, we pray for the littlest things. I can say, guys, Leila has a tummy ache, and I know some of y'all aren't on your knees. We, we are a praying church, and prayer is good. But have you ever noticed that what we pray for when people are suffering, or, or, or maybe when we're suffering, we go to God just like Solomon did. We can ask him of anything. He is our Father in heaven who gives you know, graciously to those who confide in him. But, but we ask for things like, God, give me healing. God, give me strength. God, give me peace. God, give me comfort. But rarely do we ever ask for wisdom. I'm suffering right now. God, I am sick. I need healing. God, I'm I'm going through financial stress right now. Financial struggles. Uh, Give me provision. Where's the wisdom? Because what good is asking for strength if I foolishly apply that strength? What, what good is God getting me out of a situation that was caused by my own negligence if I'm just going to do it again? We pray, God, help me. God, save me. Get me out of this mess just to find ourselves in another mess. Because we have devalued wisdom. And I want to encourage you this morning, church, in, in, in a culture that is just completely just all over the place right now, We need a church that, yes, is strong, yes, has compassion, yes, has peace, yes, has unity. But we also need to be wise with the things that we do, with the things that we say, because there is a window that everyone on the outside is looking through. And they are looking at the decisions, they are looking at the things, they are looking at the conduct of the church. And we may be strong, we may be unified, we may pray, we may have our rights and our freedom to worship, but do we act wisely? I want to encourage you to seek, intentionally ask for wisdom in your life, church. I want to encourage you to read your word, understand your word, and let the word of God be your framework by which you see everything. Because, man, the church cannot be influenced by what we're told to think. Or by social pressure. Or by what's popular. Instead, we must lead by example. Love by the example of Christ. Correct by the example of Scripture. And exercise wisdom in the way that we think, the way that we act, and the way that we speak. I want to encourage you this morning, church. Right now. Seek wisdom. When you don't know what to do, when, you, when you're having an issue with your, with your family, with your children, and you don't know how to correct it, you don't know how to go about it, God, give me wisdom. God, give me wisdom in, in what to say. When you are confronted with a big decision 
and it could go either way. And maybe there are no good options. Lord, give me wisdom right now. Give me wisdom, my God. Don't just give me strength. Don't just give me peace. Give me, give me your wisdom, Father. Because you favor the wise. And your word says that if anyone lacks wisdom, just ask the Father who gives graciously. We need your wisdom right now, my God. We need your wisdom right now. We need your guidance, Holy Spirit. As we continue, my God, through this this year of of hurt and struggle and suffering, my God, we, we we need direction. We need wisdom. As we continue to to speak, my God, against the evils of the world, my God, and promote what you stand for, my God, give us wisdom in the way that we do it, Lord. Right now, in Jesus' name, my God. If you're you're at home, I'm going to ask you to stand. If you're here, I'm going to ask you to stand. And just for the next few moments, I want to encourage you to go to God and just ask right now. His word says, ask and it will be given to you when we ask according to his will. God, it is your will for us to have wisdom. Give me wisdom, my God, in the areas of my finances, Lord. Give me wisdom in in the areas of of my family, my God, of, of parenting, Father God. Give me wisdom in the way that I work with people, my God, the way that I speak to people, my God. Give me wisdom, Lord. Because I want to be a light for you, Christ. I want to be a light for you, God. I want to lead people to you, not away from you, my God. In Jesus' name, give us wisdom, my God. I'm going to pray for you right there where you're at. Heavenly Father, I thank you, my God, for this word. I want to thank you, my God, because your word is perfect, Lord. And it is our absolute standard of living, my God. It is our authority, Father God. Forgive us. Forgive us, my God, for living in a framework, my God, that is not biblical. We want to make you, we want to make your word, my God, our standard. We want to live by it. We want to speak by it, Father God. Give your people wisdom, my God. Right now, give us wisdom. Fill us, like my God, with wisdom, Father God, that comes from your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, we thank you, my God. We thank you. Thanks for listening. If you'd like some more information on Numa Church, visit us on our website at mynumachurch.org. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe or share it with your friends on social media and tag us at MyNumaChurch. Thanks again and God bless.